This week, we dive into your advertisement. That's right. The one thing that is your communication to your customers, every single place your product sets on a shelf. We talk to our label guy. That's right. I'm talking about labels. Welcome to the Butcher Barbecue Podcast, world headquarters, Wellston, Oklahoma. The Butcher Turn Pitmaster, your host, David Bosca. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of the Butcher Barbecue Podcast. We have Sean Carey on board. He is the business development management, sorry, he's the business development person that we use to print all of our labels for our products. Um, he is with Zymo Print. Sean, say hello to everybody. How's everybody doing today? Well, Sean, what we normally do when we kick this thing off is I just tell everybody where they're at. Everybody knows where I'm at. I'm in central Oklahoma sitting here at the world headquarters of Butcher Barbecue. Tell everyone where you're at. We're in central Florida. Orlando, Florida is where our headquarters is. Where are you, what are you doing right now? Where are you at? What's going on today? Right now, I'm making a, uh, a delivery at the moment. One of the, the perks of having so many of our customers in Florida is, you know, the kind of the proximity and the ability to... Be a little more hands-on, get orders to customers a little quicker. So I'm uh, taking advantage of that now, driving out to one of the breweries, one of the uh, beer companies that we service out in Winter Garden, Florida. So it's about an hour outside of our headquarters. That sounds like it could be a real nice trip, especially if it lasted a little bit later into the afternoon. Yeah, you know, it's, it's one where I, I might stick around, you know. <laughs> I've got some questions or concerns about anything, and we could talk it over a nice spirit. Um you know, it depends on how many emails come in this afternoon, if I can afford to do it. Well, that, and you might have to do a little bit of quality check on the perspiration of a cold <laughs> beer bottle when it's all said and done, just to see how the label sticks. Yeah, you know, i got to make sure we got the right materials on there, make sure everything's adhering properly. So there's only one way to do it, and that's, you know, crack it open and let the condensation form. So. That's right. Hey, you've got to make, or uh, sorry, we, we don't want to say make, we're going to say utilize company expenses. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, let's Welcome tell everyone what does Zymo print? What is it? How long have they been around? And tell us about this unique name. So Zymo print is about seven years old. And uh, the way the company started is we were actually a department of a larger company called Zymogen, um, which is a nutraceutical supplement manufacturer out of Orlando. And they originally purchased, I worked for them and they purchased a, a large uh, digital printing press with the idea that we're going to produce our own labels. We're not going to outsource them anymore. Um, and, you know, they quickly kind of realized that this, you know, big machine kind of bit off more than you could chew as far as utilizing the machine um, with their own products. So they said, you know, let's, let's start selling outside, you know, selling to outside customers. Um, and it kind of just snowballed from there. The digital printing world was uh, something that was kind of just coming up and there was a bigger demand for it than I think we anticipated. So the outside business started growing a lot faster than we thought. Um, originally we had one Zycon digital press seven years ago. Now we have three HP 6800s. Um, those are the web fed presses that print all the labels and flexible packaging. And we actually have a, a brand new HP 30,000, which is the uh, sheet fed, and that prints all the folding cartons that you see in uh, department stores, too. So we have a kind of a wide range of packaging area that we cover. And yeah, it's the Zymo print comes from Zymogen. So it's kind of our own little like Apple line of products. You know, you just put the Zymo in front of it, and it's, it's our brand now. <laughs> 
Myself, I just have utilized y'all for quite some time, several years, and we use you for labels. Sounds like there's a uh-huh. lot of other things that y'all y'all print. So tell us tell us what some of that is. So the labels are probably our our bread and butter. Like I said, we have three presses that we can print the labels on. So that's the uh, the packaging concept that we can do the most cost effectively and also get out the quickest. Second would be the folding cartons. And that's kind of a new venture we've gotten into. Um, so we, we don't do corrugated boxes. It would just be folding cartons. So think like, you know, what your Tylenol comes in or, you know, CBD companies are, are a big one now. So the little boxes that those come into. And then the third would be flexible packaging. So vitamin packets, um, any sort of shrink sleeves for like water bottles and such like that. Um, those are kind of the the three headed monster, if you will. That's what our what our main um, driving force is behind the the production room. Now we do have capabilities of doing some commercial stuff, you know, business cards, flyers, stuff like that. But that's more of a supplemental thing with the packaging. Um, we mostly stick to packaging. That commercial stuff, you know, nine times out of ten. As much as it hurts me to say it, I say you know you can get the same thing from Vistaprint in two days and I don't know how to do it, but half the price. So, but any sort of product packaging is how we do it. And we specialize in digital printing. That That's uh, so, exactly what I was going to ask. It's I used you with digital printing and I was going to ask you if you use plate printing at all. We don't. Um, we, we got into the, the printing industry about seven years ago and digital was on the up and up. And because we are making it our labels for Zymogen, our parent company, which have, you know, 300 different products and a lot of those products go on the same bottles and it can be the same size labels, it just made sense for Zymogen to go digital. So it wasn't really at the beginning like a cognizant decision, like we should do this over this. It was just what works for Zymogen. Um, and, you know, you're a good example of kind of the, the benefits to digital. You know, you have... Uh, a standard bottle size and label size, but you have a lot of different flavorings, spices, rubs, sauces, and stuff like that. So you're the kind of customer that can really benefit from printing digitally, where you don't have to pay for every single plate for every single design. You don't have to pay for plate colors. If you need something to change on a label, it's a quick and easy fix. You don't have to pay to get a new plate in to adjust those things, you know. Um, And that's kind of what the best market that digital printing serves are small to medium-sized companies that have, you know, a lot of potential changes to their designs and labels and also a lot of potential skews or designs among their product line. Yeah, that's been a huge, huge help for us. There's no doubt about that. And if I've come up with a new item, I've, I've emailed you. We, we work a lot via emails, and then mm-hmm. I'll shoot you over my thoughts, my uh, – well, you've got all my basic backdrop type stuff, and your guys will put it all together for me. Um, that's always been a big benefit. Yeah, and they uh, – so we have, we have two designers on staff, and, I mean, their, their primary role is to pre-press, uh, make sure all the files are print-ready, um, look as best as they can so when we print them uh, they're ready to go but they are graphic designers by trade so whenever someone comes in and is like hey you want to make a new label here's some ideas 
you know, their eyes light up because that's what, that's what they love to do. So we do offer that as well. And, um, it's just really, it's great having those kind of people on staff because they said for the customer, it's easy. And if it's easier for the customer, it makes my job easier. You know, they're, they're able to just, like I said, we've only conversed through email for the most part. So it's really easy to be like, Hey, here's some ideas. We'll mock up something, send it over, you know, you tweak it. I want to go in this direction. I want to go in that direction. Um, usually about three back and forth emails and, and you're good to go. And then like going back to printing digitally, it's, I hate to tell people this because they always expect it to get out much faster than it does, but it's essentially like a big desktop printer. You just upload the image, make sure all the printers are right, and you fire them off. So. so with the process you just described, is that pretty well SOP as to how most of your uh, label businesses goes through emails back and forth, and then you pretty well get a final? Yeah, so I mean, being out of Orlando... Um, I deal face-to-face with a lot of the local clients, I mean, up until, you know, the recent events. Um, but I have, we have plenty of customers, obviously you being one of them, that are all over the country. And, yeah, the, the, the email back and forth is really a fine and effective way to get everything done. Just like anything else, the, the more ready the customer is for the order, the more material they have. If they already have artwork that's all ready to roll, you know, it's really just here it is. I need this many. Go ahead and print it. Um, the only time you see a little bit more back and forth is if, you know, they're not sure of the size, we maybe need to adjust it. Um, if there's special spot colors that we need to hit that would require, you know, sending the files, doing a a sample run to make sure the colors dialed in how they want it and sending that over for them to approve. Um, but generally speaking, most of not all the, uh, the business can be done just over email, over the phone. Um, the only exception as far as our range of packaging, I would say, is the folding carton. We have a, a carton engineer on staff who, generally speaking, we would need the container that would be going into the carton as well as, you know, how many you would want. And there's a more, you know, in-person prototype staging kind of process going on. But even that, you know, with the COVID going around, everyone's had to learn to work without seeing each other so even that we found ways to work around it and make that work as well that carton idea intrigues me because there was an item i was looking at about a month ago that was that could have used that and i was unaware you had that process so that's something i'm going to keep in mind for the future myself i i didn't know it's relatively new how, how new is it so the technology is you know i'd probably say about four or five years old like for instance we're we print the cartons digitally the same way we print the labels. So all the, you know, the benefits, the, uh, you know, combine them together, different hues, you can make changes out of that. We, the same thing goes with the cartons. So printing those digitally is only about four or five years old. The press that we have, uh, we have the only one in the Southeast. So that's kind of been a big boom for us is that, you know, doing cartons digitally and saving on the smaller runs hasn't really been an option for a long time. Like you kind of had to, get quite a few of them to make it worth worth doing them so so do you have yep. to buy a a die cut press for your cartons or you'll y'all have base cartons that we have to work work around uh we you most likely have to purchase a die plate to cut them 
Okay. Um, and that would be, you know, a one-time thing at the cost just to get it in-house so we have it. With the labels, you know, as you as you might know from ordering, you know, we can reuse the dye plates for those, and labels are a little bit more common from brand to brand as far as size and stuff like that. Whereas, you know, folding cartons are pretty specific and unique from product to product, depending on how many you're putting in a carton, um, the size of it, how you want it to fit, and stuff like that. And also how easy you want it to open if you want, like, an auto bottom, if you want a fold front tuck, you know, stuff like that. Um, So if the stars align and, you know, we've got one that would fit your product, then bingo. But, you know, the chances of that happening are a little bit slimmer with the folding carton. Yeah. Just to take a quick step back into the small business world, what would you say is a standard or a basic checklist that someone needs to have in place? Let, let's just say like for my listeners, let's say we've got uh, someone wanting to do barbecue rubs. What or What is a basic checklist that makes it easier and simplifies the system, your printing system, that if they would have this when they first contact you, it'll save a lot of time? What? what obviously, the name of the product label size go from there tell us tell us what y'all have found yeah so if if you don't if you have the label already designed really the easiest thing to come to us with to get you know what what kind of aesthetic you want for it so if you want you know metallic on your label if you like the matte finish on it the kind of smooth textured one if you like the shiny gloss finish on it um if you like a clear label or, you know, just a standard white peelback label, that that's good to know for quoting purposes. If you have the size, that's also something that we would need. And I usually tell customers because, you know, they'll have trouble knowing what the size is for the label. Whoever you purchase your containers from, they have spec sheets for every container that they, they sell. And on those spec sheets is the suggested label size. So that's at least a good starting point. You know, we can get general pricing from there and move forward. And if you decide, you know, you don't like the coverage, we can adjust it. But that's always a good starting point. Um, you had mentioned, like, if the company was selling rubs. But so if you're coming in and I don't know what the company does yet, a good thing to know is also the application. If it's going to be a hot fill or a cold fill through the manufacturing process, that might necessitate, you know, a different adhesion on the label. Um you're reading my I notes. Say, I, I can tell you that right now because that was next. So you keep going. I like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, it's, and I always tell customers, you know, the more information you have, the better, obviously. Like, it, the, the more, you know, we have to dig out, the longer it takes to get everything in line. But I also understand that, you know, people that are doing it for the first time, they're just, they're unaware. So the, if, the first thing you want is pricing. So I just need to know the size and the application so I can cut out different materials. Because I can send you pricing on, you know, a few different material options, and then we can go from there and pick what you want. Artwork-wise, you know, if you have everything ready to go, that's great. Getting into, it's, it's kind of a deeper conversation, and I admittedly am not an expert in it, but the types of files that you send for us to print are also a big deal. Just generally speaking, you want to stay away from JPEGs, PNG files, um, stuff like that. Stuff like if you were going to upload a photo from your phone, the kind of files those would be. Um, they're just flat images. They they don't work well on the press. They get blurry. You can't 
make any sort of adjustments to them. So stick to, um, you know, Adobe Illustrator, Photoshop files, those kind of things work the best. And if you don't have any sort of artwork, if you're coming with us, coming to us and want us to start from scratch to create anything, another, you know, if you have a logo, general color schemes, and then the easiest way is, you know, examples of labels or packaging you've seen in stores that you like. That really makes it easiest on the artist. Like, hey, I like, you know, this this background shade, or I like this this uh, this border outline the way they do it here, stuff like that. Uh, yeah, any any good rep that you go to from any company will, you know, they'll ask the right questions to get the necessary information out. But yeah, the big I'd say the the biggest things are the the size that you can get from your container supplier, and then the application like. What is the product? Where is it going to be stored? How is it going to be filled? Kind of thing. I think something, and maybe I'm totally wrong. Does it make a difference on if it's going to be a flat surface or a rounded surface? Yeah, there's there's all sorts of different nuances. Like there's some tapered bottles where you actually need to have a slight arch to the label, or else it'll crinkle on the top and bottom. But if they have the container specs, it should note that on there. But yeah, there's also, you know, things like if it's, if it's one of those square bottles and not like a rounded bottle, we need to know that to make sure that the artwork is designed in, you know, four quadrants. So it's not overlapping the different turns in the square. Um, okay. Yeah, there's, there's all sorts of different variables and there's, you know, as many different material options and stuff that you can print on, there's just as many different container options. So you're not going to be able to give all the necessary information in one fell swoop, chances are. So there's always, you know, a caveat here or there. It, there those wouldn't make a difference, flat or square. Do y'all deal mostly, because you said something that you're making a delivery to a local brewery, but do you do mostly uh-huh. with major corporations, or would you say your bread and butter is a smaller, medium size? Yeah, definitely smaller to medium size is our, our bread and butter. Um just because the nature of digital, like digital has all those advantages that I mentioned before. You know, you combine different SKUs, run them all at once. There's no plate charges. There's nothing like that. From the other end of the spectrum, offset uh, flexo printing that does utilize all those plates. Those are much bigger and faster machines. So if you're getting into, I'd say, you know, 100, 250,000, 5,000 units of one design, it's much cheaper and faster to go through one of those presses. Whereas I'd say, you know, and it all depends on the size of the label and stuff like that. But, you know, our sweet spot is around a hundred thousand. And then also giving into the fact that of those hundred thousand, you can have five, six, seven different designs among that. So yeah, we, we pretty much solely deal with small to medium sized businesses. We deal with a few larger corporations, but we do, you know, private label runs or seasonal runs for them, stuff where they don't need, you know, 250,000 of this beer because it's in public. They only need, you know, 50,000 of the seasonal run that they're going to sell in stores in Asheville, North Carolina, and then they'll be off the shelf for another year. So Yeah, it might be like an Oktoberfest type product. I could see that. Yeah, yeah exactly. So that's why the, the craft beer companies have been good because just for that exact reason, another thing is the, the CBD and the, the marijuana companies, the THC companies, just because it's kind of the Wild West out there as far as regulations go. It's constantly having to get changed what you can say, what you can't say, what you got to have on your labels. So they, uh, 
they utilize digital printing quite a bit because they can make those changes, update them, get another small run out, not have to commit to buying, you know, a big bulk of labels, knowing that if the regulatory verbiage changes again in two weeks, you have, you know, potentially a couple thousand labels that are just useless. You can't put them on anything. Yeah. Something we haven't spoke about, but we're in the barbecue world, so it makes sense. What about if someone needs something that, let's say it's going to go on a barbecue sauce and has a great chance to get wet? How do you keep your printing from running? Well, with the digital printing, we don't use, you know, inkjet like a Flexo does. So that automatically keeps it a little bit uh, less susceptible to being, you know, runoff and stuff like that. But mostly the biggest way to fix that is just with the laminations. Like, for instance, yours has a gloss lamination on top of it, and that really is solely there to protect it. It kind of The paper itself has that glossy look to begin with. Um, the laminate is just so when we ship them to you, they're rubbing up against each other in a box. They're not going to rub the ink off. Um, if they're outside and they're getting wet in the rain, if it's the cold product and it's, you know, condensation's on the bottle, that's not going to, you know, make the paper soggy and tear. It's not going to make the ink run kind of thing. So the laminations are the biggest part to keep all that stuff protected. So the, best, the easiest way to think about it, like circling back to, you know, what the application is. How you fill your product usually depends on the backside of the label, the adhesion. If it's a hot fill, if it's a cold fill, that kind of determines what adhesion we would use. Where it's being stored, usually uh, that determines the front side of the label, how we're going to laminate it. If it's going to be, you know, outside and it's going to get wet is usually the biggest thing. And then if it's going to be reused, because a lot of the much smaller companies, you know, juice and even some... And even some beer companies, what they'll do is they'll reuse the growlers or the glass bottles for their juice to save on uh, buying new bottles and new labels. So they'll go through, you know, a washing as well. So those need to be able to stand up to it. Yeah, I was wanting to ask that simply to help clarify a little bit that folks don't think that you've got this 12 foot long office printer like you spoke of but that there's actually reasons for these other items to go on them. And those questions are very important and it's got to do with that right there. Yep. Yeah. So the whole process, I mean, the production process, it goes off one of our presses onto a big giant roll. We try to get as many jobs onto that roll as possible. Cause like anything else, the more you stop and start, the, the less cost effective it is. But once we have just a giant spool is what it looks like of labels. We take that and we stick it on our finishing and die cutting machine and it's all in line. And that's what actually puts the lamination right over top of it. And then it, it moves across this and the, it's got a row of blades that slit it. And depending on the size is depending on how many you have across the web, but it slit them and they all go in different directions. And then that's what actually puts them on the roll, the spool that you get when you receive it. Um, so yeah, the lamination, there are aesthetic aspects to it to make it look better but it is much more functional than anything else to protect it. And then, yeah, another point that I, you know, so we do all of our labels directly onto rolls. We don't have the ability to do, um, you can go to some companies and get them on sheets where you kind of just peel them off like for stickers. We only are able to do them directly onto rolls, which is generally how most people apply them to bottles. So it isn't really an issue, but good thing to note. Yeah. And there's, and this is something that I want your listeners to realize that, Find out from the people that's going to be doing your packaging 
the role itself is also designed. What, Sean, there's four kinds of roles. Is that right? Left, right. Oh, there's there's eight. Eight. Um, okay. Yeah. So when when you figure out who's doing your manufacturing, who's putting the labels and everything on, they should have just like the container company has specs for the label size. This company should have specs for how they need the roles to be when they receive them. And generally speaking, they just need to be a certain diameter. Uh, 12 inches is usually the standard size. Uh, most machines can't handle anything larger than 12 inches in diameter. And then there's going to be an unwind direction that it needs to be. And that's basically when you peel the label off the roll, is it, you know, right side up, you're looking at it, is it upside down, left side leading, right side leading. Um, it's, it's generally going to be three or four. And that's why you mentioned there's four. There's, there's actually eight. I have only ever done three, four, and an unwind number one, which is where the label's got to be like a portrait, and it comes out with the bottom leading. Oh, wow. Um, but they they get pretty interesting. If I'm not mistaken, unwind eight is essentially inside out. So when you when you take off the roll, you're looking at the back of it. You're looking at the liner. I, I've never encountered it. I don't know who's making the machines that require that. It seems a bit complicated, but I'm sure there's a reason, and that's why they're doing it. But I've only encountered really three and four for the most part. Those are the standards. Yeah, that sounds kind of interesting. I'd kind of like to see one of them bottles. <laughs> I can't. I, you know, I've been I've been waiting for six years for someone to be like, by the way, this needs to be unwind number eight. And I was going to get so excited. Like, finally, <laughs> let's see what this actually And how do we do this? So, but it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, oh. generally speaking, the diameter and the roll direction, that's all we would need to know for the, the manufacturer's aspect of it. So, folks, basically, I just want you to realize that there's more than taking a JPEG or a PDF and say, hey, I want to make these labels. I'm going to send them to you. There is a, for lack of words, there's a little bit of a science to this as to why's and how comes and the reasons of. There's more to it than people realize. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I said earlier, you know, I equate it to like a big digital uh, desktop printer. Um, it's just a little bit more complicated, but the general idea is the same. But, you know, it it, it does take some time to, to get everything in line and make sure it's perfect. And the big, the big thing I always tell my clients is that, you know, if this is your first order, this is your first run, you're going to want to be patient on the first run because we're going to, it's, it's much, much easier to fix something beforehand than for us to rush through it, send, send you something that's ultimately wrong, get back, you know, word that it's wrong, what's wrong with it, go through all the stuff to fix it. So you really want to nail it down the first time, 100% right. Um, and then, you know, after that, on the repeat orders, it's much more of a, a smoother process. But... You know, even with digital printing, despite the fact that it's easier, quicker to do all this kind of stuff, there is still some work that goes into it. Yeah, a scenario that I've used with that to tell people how to be patient and to look it over, look it over, and look it over is if you're rebuilding or remodeling your bathroom and you want to have it done before the 4th of July party hits and you just cram the contractor, get this done, I want this color, I want this, I want this tile, Just I don't care, just get it done. 
Then all of a sudden, when it's all said and done and you sit down on the toilet the first time and you have to put your legs into the bathtub to stand up, you should have took your time. <laughs> exactly. You don't want to rush it because it's, you know, it's, it's much more of a pain to fix it after the fact than to, you know, I like I'll, what I'll often tell customers on their first order is that, you know, it, like anything else in the world, everybody needs everything, you know, two days ago. So, you know. <laughs> If, if something's complicated or if I can sense that they're not sure if, you know, this size works for them, I always tell them like, Hey, we can send out a sample of it for free. We're not going to bill you for it. Let us print one. We'll send you a sample, stick it on there, make sure it looks good, make sure it fits. Now it's going to take, you know, a day or two to print it. And then depending where you are a few days in transit to get there. So yeah, it might take a week total for you to finally get it in your hand and say, okay, this is perfect. But that week is much shorter than the time it would take to, go back, fix everything, reprint 2,500 or 1,000, ship them back out to you. Um, so it, it really is worth it just to make sure you have some peace of mind and everything that you are going to receive is, is exactly what you want. Yeah, that's right. Well, Sean, is there anything else in the label-making business that we haven't spoke of that might be important that someone needs to know? Uh, let's see. So, I mean, we covered what you need to get the quotes. I mean, the timeline is usually the question I get asked most about. Okay. Um, and I will say that, you know, I, I often get the, I, I thought this was digital. It should be much quicker. So it is much quicker, you know, in relation to standard offset printing, but the turnaround is still about seven to 10 business days is what I tell folks. Just like anything else depends on the production and the queue. But yeah, that's, that's the general turnaround time for most label projects. You get into, you know, folding cartons that, it's probably closer to three to four weeks. So that's, I mean, other than that, it's, there's a lot that goes into it behind the scenes that I kind of explained today. But for the most part, from the customer's aspect, you know, they don't see much of that. They, you're really going to give me the spec so I can quote it out, give me the artwork so we can make it. And unless we're doing samples, you're going to receive the order. And, you know, like I said, about seven to 10 business days tops. Well, Sean, I'm not sure if you've had an opportunity to listen to any of our podcasts, but at this point, you know, we make a lot of injections here and I've got some injection needles in the warehouse. I'm going to inject you with a butcher barbecue truth serum. Okay. So I, All right. you're going to have to, I'm going to ask you a few questions. You got to answer honestly. All right. Do it. If you were asked to develop a chewing gum flavor, what would it be? A chewing gum flavor. Yeah. I feel like my first answer would be whatever flavor Juicy Fruit is, but just longer. Okay. Juicy that Fruit is, flavor, but what? Acceptable answer, but it needs to last longer. Last longer. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and anything's acceptable. Because that's, that's the best flavor of gum, in my opinion. The only downside being that it lasts, you know, 45 seconds before it's just chewing rubber. <laughs> So, yeah, I think that's my answer. The everlasting juicy fruit flavored gum. Oh, yeah. A little Willy Wonka thrown in. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Get him on board. He's on R&D. <laughs> All right. Aside from necessities, what one thing could you not go a day without? Aside from necessities. Yeah, you know, restroom facilities. You know, I am a, uh, a huge music fan. So I would say music is not a necessity, but if I had to go more than a day without it, I'd probably, you know, lose a little bit of my mind. Oh. It's kind of uh, when when work gets stressed, 
I just blast some, uh, you know, some Led Zeppelin, or if I'm looking to calm down, throwing a little Jerry Garcia. It's it's really my cure all for most things. So that's the one non necessity item that you know I wouldn't physically need to live. That I, I'd be the most upset if I didn't have it around to help out. I was fixing to ask you what genres, but you kind of define that. So, do you like just listening, or do you play too? You know, I probably tried to play the guitar, started and stopped lessons about six to seven times in my life. <laughs> um, it's a pretty hard instrument, and you know, I watch, I watch, you know, guys like Jerry and uh, get up there on stage and, and play in the old YouTube videos. I'm like, that seems so easy when they do it. Uh, so no, I, I don't, I'm not good enough to say I play the guitar, but I definitely, I know a little bit of the basics and, you know, one of these days when I have a little bit more free time, I keep telling myself I'm going to stop and, and really narrow, like hone down the skills on it. Nice. All right. We're about to run out of truth, sir, man. So I got time for one more and this one's kind of deep. Yeah. If you could have lunch with one person dead or alive, who would it be? You know, I think it would probably, uh, I, I probably could come up with a better answer if I had some time to think, but off the top of my head, it's probably the best answer because it's the one that first comes to me is Winston Churchill. From everything I've read about him and just kind of the quotes, not only does he seem like a very, very interesting guy in the way he, you know, looks at the world, he also seems like he'd be a fun hang, light up some cigars. I think he was a big scotch or brandy drinker. So I, I think he would be the best combination of you would gain a lot of wisdom and insight talking to him while also having a good time. Also, he was I was a history minor in college and World War Two has always been the most fascinating time period. And he was a big figure during that time. So it'd be interesting to hear his thoughts and perspective on everything as well. So I'd go with old Winston Churchill. That's a great answer. Can you imagine sitting in a local pub with Winston Churchill, kicked back, top hat turned upside down beside you, and a little bit of your Garcia playing in the background? <laughs> That'd be heaven. That'd be heaven. He's got that little like bulldog snarl to him that I always see in his pictures. Like he always, he always looks like half angry just at all times. And judging by the quotes I've read, I, I think that might be true. But yeah, that would be. That'd be a good time. That'd, That'd be a be day cool. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Sean, that's all I've got. Tell everyone how they can find Zymo Prince, how they can contact you, anything to uh, get with you folks. Yeah. So, I mean, the easiest way is just to email me. And it's, uh, I don't know if the, the name will be put, Say that again. Gary, okay. Start that over. We lost your, we lost a little bit of internet right as you went to start saying your contact oh, yeah, yeah so my my email is just the first and last name sean s-e-a-n dot carry c-a-r-y and it's at zymoprint.com zymoprint is x-y-m-o print it's an interesting one so x-y-m-o print um and then yeah i mean if you want you can also go to our website zymoprint.com and in the uh the quote request or the the inquiry field, just you know, you can ask for me there. And then my cell phone number, I've got my phone on me at all times. It's three two one two seven six four nine eight four. 
And, you know, cold calls are welcome. Just ring me up or shoot me a text whenever. But really, if, if you send any inquiry to the site or to that email, myself or one of the, uh, the other account manager, customer service reps can help you get started and everything. So Sounds great. Well, Sean, I appreciate your time. I know how busy you are, and I've been wanting to do this for a while to just kind of help tell everyone on this side what is needed to finalize their love, their passion. The label is the passion to talk to the customer. And it takes a great company like you guys to be, be that presentation for us. And we appreciate everything. And I wanted them to realize that there's more than printing it. Absolutely. And I, I appreciate you having me on David. And it's been, you know, it's been a pleasure to work with you guys for the last few years. And, and I completely agree, you know, the the label the packaging is is kind of your ad to the customer like your hey pick me kind of thing so we're here whenever you need us to to work together to to mix and match and customize and make sure that it's absolutely perfect so you can be proud of what you're putting on the shelves or putting online um yeah again thanks for having me i love talking with you and um yeah uh, we should do this again sometime all right sean smash that subscribe button and be ready for butcher's next podcast <laughs>